Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, table tennis fans from the Ukraine. That's right. I said the Ukraine, but maybe Russia. Liga Pro. Get around the boys. Welcome to episode number 33 of the Run It Back podcast. Boys are back this fortnight. We've got an absolute banging episode coming up for you. Off the back of some banging fights, boys. So I'm super excited. But first, let me introduce my co-host, the man behind the buttons, producer DL. How are we? Mate, I'm good. Great show planned today, Snacks. Actually, a bit of a different show. Uh, we're adding a little value to the podcast. We've had so much feedback about our interview series we did back in March, April. Uh, we're adding a little shorter version to the podcast and we have our first guest on today. So we're looking forward to that. Super uh, we're excited. Pretty excited. We jump into UFC 253. Super strong showing of our Oceana friends. But before we jump into that, pretty confident I'll see this bloke next podcast. I thought what I'd do is I just prepared something a little bit earlier today to look back on COVID times, Australian style. They're all moving in for the COVID Cup. The whole world represented in this race, which of course originally ran in China, but soon after spread worldwide. Plenty of scratchings in this race, including Grand Prix, NRL, AFL, school, travel, work, fishing, fun, picture theatre, and even the well-fancied night out at the pub is out. Still a big field, though, as they come into line for the unprecedented COVID Cup. Prime Minister ScoMo gets up onto his starting platform, just waiting for toilet paper to come in. Might be waiting for a while. Lockdown Larry gets locked into the inside barrier. Patience, the last to be loaded in here, and we're all set. ScoMo gives the nod. The barriers fly open and we're off and racing in the COVID Cup. Wuhan Wonder jumped out extremely well and will lead. Stage one restriction on his outside with kids still in school and panic purchase. Social distancing was next with isolation station. Hand sanitizer was on the inside of washing often. Looks like home office is being set up for a run and stage two restrictions making up some ground out three wide. Toilet paper looks like it's in high demand but struggling to keep up the pace with the main bunch. Work from home starting to come into it with lockdown Larry and quarantine Queen. Round the turn they come and it's stage three restrictions being enforced with work from home. Footy with no crowd followed by no footy at all. Patience has been tested now. Drinking daily with bag of chips crunched into the fence. Putting on weight. School's out. I'm bored. Nothing on Netflix. And here comes another f***ing teleconference down the outside. Sneaking through on the rail. We've got what day is it today? And making up ground from the rear. It's cover your mouth when you cough, you moron. They're starting to flatten the curve into the home straight. They're all in this together and it's going to be a big finish in the COVID Cup. It's drinking daily. Half a length in front of bag of chips, putting on weights going with him, but look at another f***ing teleconference weaving through, going straight to the front. Another f***ing teleconference goes zoom and wins the COVID Cup by a good 1.5 metres. Drinking daily's going to get second to a fast finishing cover your mouth when you cough, you moron. Correct weight is through, although it's about five kilos heavier than what it was a few weeks ago. Shout out to John Vertigan, Australia's own, I think he's on the Ace Network. He's released that. You can check out his YouTube stuff. It's pretty cool. He does some other ones as well. Stoney, that's my dedication, Australian COVID times, and I hope I see you next time in the studio. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, after that, yeah, I'm, I'm real up and about. You would have, the boys would have noticed yesterday I was a little bit more up and about for UFC in general. I'm just riding a bit of a high and 
Maybe it's because we're about to turn this corner. 50% of the Run It Back podcast might be doing it together next week. Oof. It's exciting. Boys, that makes me firmly jealous. Let me put it out there. But I'm, I'm glad Dale put together something special for you, Stoney, because I've also put something special together for you, Statman, this week. Uh, as per usual, because we miss you so much. I thought I would knock this one together for you. No, I'm joking. I didn't have anything. <laughs> I wish I did. But Statman, how are we? I'm doing well. Um, I, I was going to say, like, I don't know what I enjoyed more, um, the fights on the weekend or watching DL's pure glee listening back to that uh, that audio thing. But I think it might have just been topped by DL friendly searching his emails for whatever audio file that Snags had sent him that he hadn't received and then <laughs> uh, had the rug swept out from underneath him. So that was good. I was, was too. I was, the the chat. I was flicking through the chat and like, shit, I've missed something. I, I didn't see this. Oh. What a- <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was, it was a good one. You, you got me and you got DL. It was uh, too fun. Well, boys, I think it's time to jump in the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to week two of the highly touted segment, and the one where we bring the truth to the fans. That's right, the lie detector is back, and this week we've sent the equipment all the way to New South Wales, to the Freeland, uh, to the man with the stats, Satman. Welcome to the lie detector. Thank you, it's great to be here. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing through uh, all nervous tones already, boys. Did anyone else see that peak in the peakogram over here? Bloody hell, we're in for a big one. Uh, so I'll just quickly explain the rules to you once again as uh, Stoney had last week, shall I? Please. Um, firstly, we appreciate you being on here and appreciate you being truthful to the fans first and foremost. Uh, secondly, as per usual, please just tell the truth, nothing but the truth, and all the truth. And if you can just answer the questions, the lie detector is uh, set up in your microphone, your headphones, and the pulse rating that we've got from you also. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, we'll start off with uh, an easy one just to test the equipment tonight, boys. Um, Statman, can you confirm that your name on this podcast is none other than the Statman? True. Uh, so yeah. thanks for that first one, mate. Appreciate it. Seems like the equipment's working fine. Uh, question number two in this one, I'm sorry to get straight into it, but oh, yeah. this is what's happened. Is it true that you've earned upwards of $5,000 in exchange for tips that has been provided to none other than uh, Stony? That's completely false. Oh. Mate, question two, just honestly, the listeners just want the truth, okay? He didn't, I promise. Mate, last week he provided the truth to us. Um, anyway, we'll move on. I just uh, appreciate a bit more honesty from you. Okay. Question number three, I think this one is an easy one for us considering your love for the man. Uh, is it true that you wear a John Jones T-shirt to bed every single night? I'd never. Oh. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> not every night, no. <laughs> not every. Oh, not every night. Okay, that's where we've got it there. Uh, Statman, is it true that you've previously partaken in some martial arts training? I have, yeah. True. What was it? It was uh, kickboxing and wrestling and a little bit of jujitsu. Oh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Oh, well, that segues perfectly into the next question, I'm pretty sure. Sent in from a listener, I'm pretty sure, this one. If you and your resident four-stripe white belt snags were in the cage together, do you think you could come away with the win? I reckon I could come away with the sub. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. That was a little bit awkward there. He was, but, uh, he was so confident yeah. too. Yeah, your confidence unfortunately doesn't override the lie detectors, that man. So uh, we'll leave that one for another day, shall we? 
Uh, next question will move on to save you any embarrassment, but considering the stats that you throw out, are you secretly an AI robot built by Elon Musk to store as many MMA stats in your world and spread them on the podcast? Um, can I can I plead the fifth on this one? Can I just say no comment? I don't have a button oh. for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we don't want, don't want Elon coming after the potty again, do we? That's what happened last time. He does too much. He does. Uh, is it true you've recently spent all the money Stoney gave you for your tips on a small island on the coast of Greece? True. Uh, false, false. <laughs> oh, double true, false. Don't know which one that was from. Trying to throw off the detective, but he did invite the boys after uh, lockdown ended, so we're looking forward to going. Can't wait. Lastly, lastly, um, this one for the fans out there. Oh, it seems like this one would be an easy one to answer. Uh, Statman, are the rumors true that you're addicted to having a small bat? I'm. I love having a small bat. <laughs> True. <thank you. laughs> uh, for the listeners out there, we're referring to some table tennis action, not uh, that kind of small bat. But Statman, thank you, and uh, we appreciate you being on the lie detector this week. Where am I posting this? Much. Oh, next. next week it's going to go to the producer himself, Ooh. and then, uh, mate, I think I'm going to give myself a run on the stat. Oh. Sorry, on the lie are detector. You, are you paying postage or? It's, it's uh, heavy. Yeah. Yes, yes. That'll okay, be uh, covered under the running back credit card, my friend. Just Perfect. chuck it in there. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, stop, man. Boys jumping straight into hot take. After his win over Tyron Woodley, President Trump called Kobe Covington to congratulate him, calling himself a big fan. Look, he is a big fan. I would say he's a big fan of anything that wins, let alone uh, anything that loses. So... Uh, have one for Trump. I'm a big fan of his hair. That's about it. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, no, big fan of what Colby Covington put out on the weekend, a clinical fight, and those Republicans stick together. So I'd expect nothing less from the big man in the Oval Office. Um, about about the the most political statement to make on the, on the podcast, you have to say that it's cool to live in a world where uh, the president is communicating with an athlete from your favorite sport. That is kind of cool. Eight years ago, I would have found it cool if Obama was doing it eight years before that with George W. Bush. Um, regardless of your feelings for the president, um, I think it is, it's a good sign for the sport. Who, who do you think uh, ScoMo would be backing? The Sharkies. I <laughs> meant in the MMA world, you goose. Like the Sharkies. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene Berryman was asked if Hooker would be available for a replacement for Dustin Poirier. In response, Dan would be good now, but I'd have to talk him out of it. He's only just started training. Go the Sharkies. Look, I think it would be a wise decision to get talked out of that considering he's only just gone into fight camp or started training. So I would say well played to Eugene. Keep your boy on the train tracks. Agree with uh, with the good man Snags, but... Dan Hooker doesn't strike me as someone who would be easily talked out of taking a fight that would propel him right up into the the real upper echelon of that division. I think he'd be, you know, well down for that fight. And, you know, I think he's he's quietly confident he'd be able to fare pretty well. Uh, depending on depending on how Tony Ferguson shakes out the next couple of years, I don't think that it would surprise me to see Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson at some point in the future. Um, but I would love to see full camps from both uh, as they're preparing it. I don't think a short notice fight does either of them a favour.
Donald Cerrone is now winless in his last five fights. Is the 37-year-old veteran finished with this sport? Uh, look, Snags was actually ex- excited, shouldn't be the right word, but I was glad that he got a draw only for my own selfish tipping reasons against all you <laughs> hooligans. But, you know, based off that, I would say, sad to say, but I think um, old Donald is uh, should ride this one out in the sunset. Love him, but get on that horse, baby, and just go bareback and keep riding. <laughs> for sure. Look, I think we, we covered this one um, last fortnight, DL, where, you know, we, we put this exact question um, – the one thing I will say in Donald's defense is unlike, say, Chuck Liddell, who was getting brutally and savagely KO'd fight after fight, Donald is still showing, with the exception of the, the Conor McGregor fight, uh, sure he got busted up by Tony Ferguson, but for the most part, he's still mixing it with some very good fighters. So I, I don't know if he is done, but certainly that, that's a, a fairly compelling statistic. Five fight losing streak is never good for the record. Um, I'd have to say that, um, and we did touch on it, the Cowboys probably not done with the sport, but the sport's probably done with him. Shemaya have dominated again. Is Damian Maya now too small a step up in competition? Uh, look, I think I said this on last fortnight's podcast, but I said yes. I think it is. I think Maya is, well, he'd be a worthy opponent, I think, you know, from the performance that he's continued to put in, he needs to fight a higher-level person, um, and I'd love to see it because he's finishing boys quick, and man, Snags wants to get his money worth, baby. Look, I think we see the company do this a lot where they, they've got a prodigy coming up, and no matter how quick they're coming up, we saw it a little bit with McGregor. We, we saw it certainly with Sean O'Malley, and we're seeing it a little bit again here with Shemaev that I think they're just looking for a name to really propel him and, and keep that momentum going. I'll tell you what, though, an interesting fight that I would love to see is luckless Leon Edwards, who's complaining that nobody wants to fight him. I know uh, Hazmat would fight literally anybody to, to stake his claim that he's, you know, ready and and can mix it with these bad boys up the top. So, you know what, I'd love to see them after the, the uh, potential my fight, you know, throw him to the wolves and let, let's see how he fares against some of these these big boys. The crazy thing for me is that um, UFC said that they were looking, they wanted the Maya fight to happen at the end of October and they might be looking at putting Chemaev in before that takes place. So they might be giving him another fight before Damian Meyer and keeping the original Damian Meyer spot in October, which would be insane. But at this point, Damian Meyer's ranked seventh, and I still think that I, I, I don't think that that is a good fight for Meyer to take at all, which is crazy for a guy who's been in the UFC for 67 days. And that was Hot Take. Boys, let's grab a quick leaderboard update. But first, we might run through the results from that last card. Statman, do you want to hit us up with some results? So first up, we hit UFC Vegas 10. Women's flyweight Roxanne Modafferi defeated Andrea Lee by unanimous decision. And Michelle Waterson defeated Angela Hill by split decision. And then moving on to Covington versus Woodley UFC Vegas 11. We had Mackenzie Dern defeat Brandon Marcos by submission. Johnny Walker defeat Ryan Spann by KO. Hazmat Shemaev defeated Gerald Mearshart by KO. Donald Cerrone and Nico Price went to a majority draw after that eye poke. Uh, and Colby Covington defeated Tyron Woodley by TKO in the fifth round due to what appeared to be a broken rib. 
Uh, so to give a little update, so it wasn't too bad. You remember Snags had the uh, the mercy picks from our champion, Stoney, and he actually picked... I don't appreciate you calling him mercy picks. Yeah, I like right? that. I put that on the social. <laughs> I thought I was quite happy with myself with that. Um, so the mercy picks went two. So he got two back for there. So he ended up with four over the two weekends. So Sugar Snags has come up to 50, so 10 behind our current leader. Uh, myself is at 54, so I got three over the weekend. Statman had a horror Waterson Hill run. He got zero. Yeah. And then picked up two uh, for the Woodley Covington fight. Stoney, our champion, uh, finished with three. So Statman's 57 and Stoney is a 60. So well done, Stoney. Mm. Yeah, look, boys, I, I just feel a bit like Hazmat myself, like just swatting people away with one punch after another. So uh, we're done with with Sugar. He was done a long time ago. Now, is that double figures? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it's uh, 10, 10 difference between you and Sugar. Mm, so we, we might you really have really swatted him away in that uh, Waterson and Hill card, didn't you? <laughs> and we might have to hold a memorial for Sugar. He just seems like he's, his career is just dead and buried. So, you know, watch out for a future... Uh, podcast, we might have a little celebration of the legacy that never was for Sugar Snags. We talked a few points from the from those cards in our hot takes, so we're just going to mention one thing for a recap, and that's uh, our girl Jessie Jess. Great little win, dominant win. I know a couple of boys have a few things to say, but I thought it was really cool how she tweeted her bank balance before the fight, so she was down to her last seventeen dollars seventy, and then she picked up forty k. I would have even had it almost for. Um KO of the night. It was it was unfortunate that she fell on like the the card itself. It was great on paper, and it actually turned out to be a freaking fantastic event as well. So, um, on any other card, you you could have had um a bunch of performances of the night from the uh, from the undercard, but um unfortunately it was a, it was a stacked event. But definitely like she she dominated she dominated that entire fight. Blew the nose out with that knee. Um, oh. It was a weird call, and I'm not 100 percent sure if it was the wrong call, but it was it was definitely a weird call, and it probably should have been stopped the second the second that they realised that the the strike was actually legal because there's no way that that strike lands as a legal strike and the fight doesn't end shortly after that. I thought she was um, absolutely dominant, which was good to see compared to her last fight. She was coming in just she just looked confident. Like, do you know what I mean? You can see when someone's just bouncing around the cage and she just looked confident, she's quick. Her opponent was supposedly a high-level wrestler, which she just stuffed every single take, takedown, basically. Um, she just outclassed her. So I was impressed, looking to see who's her next opponent and uh, another just just win for the boys at the Running Back podcast. And Snags, looks like we've got our uh, first guest on the line. As the boys would know and the listeners, we're massive supporters of Australian MMA on the podcast, even more so of uh, what we presume as the biggest fight promotion in Australia, Eternal MMA. Deal, I hear we got a special guest on this week. Can you fill me in? Mate, Eternal is back October 10th, HBF Stadium in Perth. Huge card. What better way to get us pumped and talk to a title contender? So let me welcome to the podcast, Eldon, the Jamaican warrior, Bates. Eldon, thanks for jumping on the podcast, mate. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you very much, Sean, for uh, for putting this together. It's a pleasure to speak to you both. Mate, we just wanted to start, get a little background. We thought it was interesting on your Insta. You've got at the top there, Jamaican, Irish-born, English-raised, Perth is home. That's crazy. How'd you get there? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a funny mix. It's a, I think it's a one in a 10 million mix. <laughs> I like to call it a hybrid. Yep, nice. <laughs> 
I'm a hybrid, yeah. So, so my, basically, a bit of a background story from me is my father is Jamaican, um, mother is Irish. Uh, they both met in the in the British Army. Um, my mom moved from Ireland to England when she was young with her parents, and my dad moved to England as well from Jamaica in his early teens. And yeah, they met in the army, and uh, yeah, so I've got a bit of a crazy Irish mother <laughs> upbringing with a bit of a chilled Jamaican father <laughs> upbringing. So um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a lethal mix, to be honest. Sometimes I get I get pulled up on being too laid back. Sometimes I get pulled up on being too crazy and a bit fired up. So. Mate, the the fights yeah, we've watched of you don't look a little laid back. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the Irish mother coming out in the cage. A hundred percent, yeah. It's the, it's my dad as I'm walking in, telling me to calm down, and then when the door closes, I think my mom kicks in and gives me the uh, what for, and you better fucking represent your family name. <laughs> that's Absolutely. dope. Where are the parents at the moment? Are they back in Ireland or where are they at? Oh, same. But obviously, in the UK, my my mom passed away when I was young, very young, in fact. Yeah. So I was actually raised by my grandmother, which is which is even more crazy and full on. So I was raised by my nan from the early ages, and my nan is old school. Yeah. When you want to say crazy, she is old school crazy Irish, where where it yeah where it comes from. So. I have to I have to give everything up to my aunt when she raised me pretty much. Um yeah, my dad's back in the UK. Um he, he comes back and forth to Jamaica to the UK. So it's nice to have the the family over there in Jamaica. M- m- most of my family, 95% of my family are in the UK though. Everyone's over there at the moment. Um yeah. And now you've got your own family out here in Perth. You've got a little one year old at the moment, yeah? Yes, well, well, two weeks he's one. A week, a week tomorrow. Sorry, oh, a wow. week tomorrow he's one. Mate, yeah, welcome to so. the welcome to the dad club for the year. I got three, so I feel your pain. I oh, guess. Yeah. yeah. How's it all yeah, going? It's, uh, full on. <laughs> <laughs> it's full on. Uh, all, all my friends. I'm probably one of the last ones. I probably would have been the first one when we were younger that everyone would have thought you would have had kids. Yeah. Probably one of the last now, and feel like it's a it's a bit of a secret. But no one told me how hard it was. I expected <laughs> it to be tough, but I've, I've phoned my mates constantly over the last couple of months and what have you. On the, we're on the phone constantly, but I feel like they kept it on the lowdown. <laughs> that the that the babies are tough. Oh, I can deal with the no sleeve. That's that's fair enough. But yeah. how crazy the women go. Oh, right. I wasn't self. Right. Once you become a daddy, keep that stuff the secret squirrel so the other boys don't find out about it, mate. That's exactly. Yeah. I was, Oh yeah, I've had many conversations where I just feel like you didn't, you didn't tell me, lads. You didn't let <laughs> well, me know. Sure, we should have got you on the pot of yellow. I would have filled you in. So apologies. About uh, that. I wish you, I wish you did, Sean. How's um everything going? Considering training for a big fight, you're in the middle of a global pandemic. You've got a mm. not a newborn, but a nearly one year old. Um, so family yeah. life's pretty crazy. Well, how's everything been going leading up to the fight? You know what? It's going amazing, amazing. Um, very cliche, very cliche. I, I feel like there's all in my life anyway, and I'm sure with everyone else, there's always something going on. There's always crazy stuff going on. So say, for example, my fiance, she's starting a business. Um, I'm working full time, training for a fight, training every day, two hours plus every single day, double sessions Friday, double sessions Saturday, supposed to be resting Sunday but we always end up going for some kind of relaxing cardio whether it's swimming or just walking down the beach there's 
I feel like this is a hectic time in life, but for me, I've put so many years into this. I, I don't expect anything different. I expect it to be like this. If it was smooth and it was all just training and get to relax through the day and I, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't know what to do with myself. So I get up at four in the morning. I go to work till probably one, two o'clock. I get home, shower, feed, chill with my son and then straight to the gym. So it's hectic, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being like that. When, when stuff's quiet, I'm expecting something to go wrong. So when it's hectic and it's crazy, that's what, that's what the kind of upbringing I've had. So I'm used to it. I thrive off it. Yeah, it's good. Now this fight with Jack in Eternal 53, it's because it's been such a strange year. Did you have an opportunity to think about this a little bit earlier? Or is this something that's just presented recently? No, no, you've got it. You bang on there, Daniel. So kind of, I, I've probably had a bigger fight camp than a normal fight camp. Of Yeah, so with the pandemic happening, I kind of had a bit of an inkling with everything shutting down so fast. And I, and I speak to the promoter, obviously Ben Vickers, regularly and he's still he's still pushing he's trying to do his whole dana white thing of <laughs> pushing the envelope and he looks a bit like dana white and... sometimes as well doesn't he yeah he does it's cam it's cam's the dana white yeah <laughs> yeah 100 100 but fair, fair play to them they're, they're pushing their business when to be honest same as yourselves more this pandemic is crazy it's crazy for everyone in the world at the moment but the, more, the people that i'm around and the people that i see and talk to very closely are doing very well mm. When everyone expected to be crashing and and negativity, everyone's everyone's thriving. Everyone, it seems like the the top will always rise, and, and people that are negative, they're just gonna they're gonna be negative no matter what, whether it was pandemic or not. Same as yourselves, your podcast is is doing massive numbers, and and it's, it's always gonna do that if you guys are positive and you and you push forward. It's, it's just the way it's gonna be. But going back to the fight, I kind of knew. Obviously, as soon as he's shutting down borders, I've been pushing for this fight for quite some time, yeah. quite some time with, with Jack. And um, and then when when they're saying they're not they're not going to be able to fly people in, in my eyes and the people close to me, I'm saying obviously you're not going to be able to avoid me anymore. You can't you can't hide away. You can't you can't pick other lads from over east that are on on a loss fighting people that are losing fights left, right, and centre. It's kind of like to me it was a. I picked up on it very early, so I've been training for it for a lot longer than what I would have been normally. So it's it's worked out perfect for me. I, like I can't say it's worked out perfect for everyone, and I know there is people suffering and there's 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 bad stuff going on. But for me personally, I've had a, I've had sounds strange to say, sounds strange to say, I've had an amazing year because it's been so secluded and yeah, especially in WA. WA is probably one of the best cities that that's this is here in the whole world. So it's kind of it's kind of a good opportunity to be so secluded and away from everyone. But um, yeah, it's, it's the camp and training and training for this fight in particular has gone gone above and beyond. Mate, we're yeah. we're super excited for the fight. I guess on the fight, you fought Jack before a couple of years ago, or a fair yeah. few years ago. You obviously, come away yeah. with the W, mate. Every fight four, year, four years ago was four years ago for the win. Yeah. Every fight that we've yeah. looked up and watched, you've come away with a win. Not by a decision at all. You don't you don't like going to the finish. You just like to finish no. within the rounds. How do you see this fight going compared to last time? It, it, exact. Oh, I can see exactly the same. To be honest, I I can see what they their camp will be looking at on on my side. Every fight I've had, Sean. Every fight I've had, I look at it as I I didn't get into MMA till mid twenties. Yeah. So I'm I'm not. I don't look at it. I played soccer, football, high level, pretty high level. 
growing up. That's all I've ever done. So I've always been involved in sports and and I just and it just evolved into MMA and kickboxing and I just enjoyed it and excelled and done well. But um I think the fight's gonna go the same. I think he's gonna look at my fights and and there was there was a few mistakes made from my behalf and my last fight against Glenn Pettigrew and and obviously Jack's beat him twice. I think Jack. I think he's going to come out hard. What? Mark my words. Listen to this, and then when it when it when the fight's over, we'll go back to this interview and we'll say, lads, what did you say? <laughs> We're going to come out. We're both going to come out hard. He's going to throw hard shots. He he, he hits hard. He he's a powerful, strong lad, but he's slow and he and he's there to be hit. He's there to be hit. I'm a very I'm a very fast, strong striker. Obviously, he, there's no point in lying. There's no point in saying, oh, you're this and I'm that. Yeah. And for a fact, he's going to get hit and he's going to try to wrestle. He's going to try and wrestle to save his life. But there's a few secrets we've been working on and different stuff where if he, if he's looking at my last fight, he, you, you're mad to even <laughs> think I'm going to come out. You, you're crazy. But how I think the fight's going to go, I think we're both going to come out strong. It's going to be a big exchange of blows. And then he's going to realise, I spoke to him and, and I'd, like to, I'd like to sit down and speak to him after this fight because... I spoke to him after the last fight, and yeah. and up to then he was a kickboxer, and he was kick, and even now he's kickboxing people and he's knocking people out, and he's all good. But he said to me, "You hit me so hard, I just wanted to wrestle." This was his words after we fought last time, and to me, looking at his fights, nothing's changed. I've I've got better, he's got better. My power, it's just it, it's natural. You don't you don't you don't train power. I come out to finish guys. I'm never going to be the world champion welterweight UFC fighter. My my dream is to get to the UFC and put on some good shows. I listen to Dana White. I, I, I'm a big fan of MMA, a big fan of UFC, MMA in general. But it's it's entertainment. At the end of the day, you, what what do you want to see, guys? What do you when you watch MMA? What do you want to see? Do you want to see a uh, Kobe Covington, which is which is world class? I understand that. I, I think it's class. But I want to see two guys fight mm. and bang it out. And and I'm paying good money to see his fight. I want to I want to see a fight. Yeah. I want to see a fight. At the end of the day. There's a reason why Cowboy Cerrone is one of the biggest fan favorites, one of the highest paid fighters. What do you want to see? And if he's got any balls and he's got any brains, he's going to come out and fight me. So I think I want to knock him out. I think I want to come out. It's going to be fast. Big blows landed. He's there to be here. If you don't see me land some big shots on him, then there's something wrong. <laughs> Oh, man, that makes me pump for the fight. I'm really wrong. Yeah, man, I'm stoked. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I like it. This is not. This is not exaggerating or trying, trying to build stuff that's not there. He, he's been knocking people out for. He's been on a good run and, and fair play to him. I've had a, a bit of a couple. Of, the last two years been off and on with stuff. Just life getting in the way, which everyone's got them excuses and reasons for this and that. But it is. It is what it is. I'm here. I'm fit. I feel like I'm the strongest and fittest I've ever been. To me. This is the biggest opportunity I've wanted for a long time, a long time. And there's and with with Jack and fair play to him, his coach is his promoter, which obviously everyone knows. And, it, and yeah. it's and it's a good setup. I understand it, and I'll, I enjoy fighting for a journal. That it's a very professional show. Ben is a very quality guy, and I, and I rate him highly. But it's obvious his fights are manufactured to an extent. But now he's got no excuse. He's got no. He's got no. No one else he can fight. There's no one else there he can. Yeah. He can hide against. So, yeah. 
if you if you look at the records, if anyone looks at the records, you'd see who I've fought. I've fought the very best. Been some tough fights. I, I've lost some brain cells. Eternal owe me some money for some brain cells that I've lost. <laughs> telling you, I'm telling you. But yeah, I feel like I, I'm more than happy to give up a few brain cells for this one. Yeah, nice. Mate, we are pumped. That is a really good uh, breakdown of that fight. So we're really excited to see how it goes. Mate, just to, you might have a few other mates on the card. Uh, is there anything we should look out for on the card? Oh, for sure, for sure. So basically, a uh, little, little background. I, I've recently moved gyms. Um, I used to train under Maquan, yeah. and I've recently moved to uh, the Wolf's Den, which was, there were two gyms combined. They were both under one banner at two different locations, but now the one has broken away. So I'm, I'm focusing on the wall stand now and that's where I'm at. And, and it's been amazing. Uh, basically some of the coaches moved up there, some of the fighters moved. So it just made sense for me to go as well. But there's some, there's some newish guys coming out. There's, there's a guy, Rowan. Oh my God. I've, it's his first fight. Yeah. Look out for him because he's a handful. He's a handful in the gym. It annoys me because I've been doing this nine years now, nine years, maybe probably two years of break in between that and he's, he, I lose my temper with him because he, he gets the better every now and again and I, I have to pull him in line and give him a few stiff ones just to be like, whoa, whoa, be careful, be careful because I'm, I'm bringing you up but as well when you get when they're getting the better of you a little bit you're like, whoa, what's out here? You have to you have to fill him in so I'm excited to see Rowan fight. We've got another lad, got a young lad, Kev, um, another Irish star on the card and uh, he, he's 70 kilos any any punches like a middleweight? Wow. I can't believe it. it. He's there's obviously there's me, Glenn, Danny, some big boys in the gym, some big heavy hitters in the gym, and Kev is a I'd say he's a smaller guy, but fucking hell, he hits hard. <laughs> Look out, October tenth. Yeah, he's uh, so so Kev's on it, and you've got you've got Kev Rowan. I'm really looking forward to because it it's his first fight, and it's I want to see how he goes. You never know how how, how someone's going to come out in the yeah, first I'm whether sure. whether they freeze. Or whether they 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 throw everything in the kitchen sink. Yep. I know he if he does if he can get past the pressure and all, which I think he will. To be honest, uh, I'm very confident in him. But you never know. You never know. So I'm excited to see that. I think Kev is going to be a dominant force in Australia and especially in WA in, in Australia coming up. And then we've got Cam, who is uh, Cam's a full time fireman. He's he's uh, he's very very chill. He's very chill personality. He's a funny one, so you think you would look at my fights and you think obviously he's a old and he's a bit he's a bit wild and he's a bit crazy finishing fights. Cam is one of these guys where you'll be you'll be training and I'll say to him sparring and I'll say Cam, we'll just we'll take a bit we'll take a bit off today. We'll we'll just we'll just play around and he goes yeah 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 cool we'll play. Comes out 110 percent every time, 110 percent. Tries to take your head clean off and I'm like you have to match it. I I can't I can't not match it. So second he does that. Me and him go to we've had I've had better sparring matches or sparring sessions with Cam than I have fights. I'm like, Fuck. if we could video record some of our sparring sessions, I'd get sheer dog points. I'd be getting my topology rating would go up. Nice. So, nice. so and Cam Cam's reasonably new. I think I think this is going to be his first pro fight. If I'm not right, I know he's had two amateur. It could be a third amateur. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, yep. to be honest. But, yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, it's his third amateur fight. Yeah. It is definitely amateur. He was talking about you can't throw elbows. But, um, yeah, fireworks. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. the fireworks, they're, like, they're all the firecrackers. They are 100%. Wolf's Den. Between Cam, 
Wolves down, yeah. Ready to roll on the on the October tenth. Hundred percent. It's dangerous. If you put a video camera in the gym, it's bloody. You've, you've got eternal, bloody pre-eternal. We'll have pre. We, the prelims will be in our gym. Get when they talk, the when he, I think the boys are saying, talk about Wolfsburn, you don't talk about it, Wolfsburn, like Fight Club. So, <laughs> yeah, Wolfsburn boys. Ready for the boys to buddy blow up on October 10th. So, should yeah, be fun. Yeah. Mate, that's got me super pumped for the for the card and for the fight. So, mate, we're keen as beans. Um, can't wait to see the, the main event also. And I'm so glad that you're in the main, brother. Um, and hopefully, you know, Wolfsburn come away with the title as well. That's it. That's it. At the end of the day, and this is honest, this is honest truth. For me personally, is I, I want to have a good fight. The, the belt is so important to me, but I want I want I want Jack to turn off. No excuses. The, the, he's, he, him and his coach has tried to say the first time I smashed him, uh, it was a boy versus a man. So I, I don't know. Like to me, it's embarrassing. You, you're making excuses for him. So don't don't make excuses next time. Oh, I'd like to hear what the excuses can be. Is it boy versus man? Is he? Are you 26? Are you still a boy? What's the going? I don't know. But if he turns up to fight, I'm telling you, it'll be it'll be one for them. Especially with Fight Pass being there, and there's going to be UFC scouts there. One of us, like at the end of the day, you've got to think of it as the the UFC put the local fighters on on the on the Australia cards. So it only takes a good a good a decent record, which we both got decent records. I've got 100% finishes on my record. He's got a fair few finishes on his. We're going to be on it. It's going to make for UFC TV. So 100%. Just keep it going, keep it rolling, and we'll get there. In some big books, and I don't have to work on a building site. <laughs> Mate, we're keen for you for that as well. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to Eternal 53 on October 10th. Mate, before we let you go, this podcast will come out just before the Adesanya versus Costa fight, and we do a Ooh. lot of predictions on our Ooh. podcast. Can we yeah. get a cheeky prediction? Uh, choose a winner, the finish, whatever you want to do. For the Alessandra Costa, and we'll see how you yeah. uh, stack up with the boys. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, oh, I'm a big fan, big fan of both of the guys, to be honest. Big fan, definitely. Israel, to to me, it's a perfect fight for Israel. A big, heavy-handed guy that's going to plod for same, same, same as me and Jack, but this big, heavy-handed guy that's going to plod forward and throw bombs. It makes for a perfect fight for Israel. Israel, Israel, all day long, all day long. I know, I know, Izzy. I know their guy. I know their camp reasonably well. I'm not not super personal level, but I've spoke to Izzy a few times. I've actually fought one of his close mates that passed away, uh, uh, Jamie Vendiker. So I know them guys. We engage, Ash, good friends. Everyone's close, but this is not friends picking friends. This is Paulo Costa. He's dangerous, super dangerous, and he's going to come throwing bombs, but. When you come up against someone that's had over a hundred kickboxing fights, you you're gonna have to show him something that he's not seen before. So, Paulo Costa, I think it makes for a good fight, and I think he can land. He can definitely land shots. He's not. Izzy's not gonna come out of this not being hit. But mate, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're looking forward to October 10th. Uh, we're gonna be super excited uh, to see that card play out. And uh, thanks for joining us today on the Run Back Podcast. Yeah, Daniel, thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk to you guys. Obviously, you guys are killing it. And, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to speak to you both. Sean as well, mate. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Where can um, the listeners find you on the socials as well so they can give you a follow? Yeah, yeah, give me a follow. So it's, I'm very basic, guys. I'm not, I've got nothing special. It's always Olden Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican, Olden.Bates on Instagram, 
holding baits on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, yep. um, Facebook, Twitter. I try and keep up to date as much as I can, but uh, obviously you guys know how it is. Awesome. Well, we'll keep the fans you updated, like. my friend. But thank you so much for jumping on the potty. We appreciate your time. Um, and, mate, we, we can't wait um, to see the bank fest that's going to come October 10th. So good luck. Yeah, thank you very much, Sean. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks, mate. Absolutely love a rematch. We watched the the first fight between uh, Jack Della and Eldon Bates um, on the weekend. So the good thing about this rematch, like I, I think like in modern MMA, too often that you get rematches where it's like the next fight for both fighters or there's like six to ten months between them. Eldon Bates, I think he was 2-0 and as a pro in his first fight and, and Jack Della was, I believe, making his pro debut after only a couple of amateur fights. So this is like them at the very, very beginning of their career and they've both gone on to such such storied Australian careers. So seeing them back in the in the cage, um, really, really excited for that one. Fantastic, boys. Let's jump into the predictions. We wanted to switch things up a little bit because personally, Stoney, I love your work. We've always had a rather amicable relationship, but the year's winding down. There's only three points between us. Um, and Snags has brought it up a couple of times. Look, I'm slightly concerned that you said, Stoney, I love your work. Mate, it's your work. <laughs> That's exactly not his. it. So I, I don't love your work, Stoney. I love my work. So Ooh, Thank you. Ding, so Tick the ding button, DL. Ding. Correct. You still got the lighter set wrong. <laughs> ding. To take away the safety net. You know, like you go to the circus, you see a trapeze artist. It's fun, but there's a net underneath them. Watching and listening to you do your picks is fun, but it's not that interesting because you've got the safety net of me underneath you to catch you and give you those those picks where you're like, oh, I'm 50-50 on this one. I might just listen might just listen to the stat man to go first. So I'm going to give the stat and then you're going to pick and then I'm going to pick after you for a little while. Um, it's very fair. Ooh, controversy. Like do you know that. what I like about that? Can I just quickly jump in? One, he's talking to you. He- He's talking to you, Stoney, like you're John Jones, for one. <laughs> Two. The greatest of all whole- time. I'll take that as, a, as the compliment that it is, Max. Com- oh, well done. Much. Well played. Secondly, uh, he's just referred to himself in the third person throughout that whole entire speech of them. So I feel like he's trying to rip off snags <laughs> very, over very it. Snags. And uh, thirdly, proceed, my friend. <laughs> when, I, when I'm about to read the stats, I become the stat man. That's how it works. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, boys, we're heading into UFC 253. It's got a bit of oceanic flair. Uh, so I kind of wanted to take a few seconds just to highlight some of the prelim fighters on the card. We've got Aussie boy Jake Matthews, 5-1 and one streak at the moment in the UFC against Diego Nightmare, or is it the Dream, or what is he, Sanchez? And then we're actually going to take one of the main card fights off, and we're actually going to do our picks for the prelim headliner. Uh, so let's jump into that one now, boys, in the lightweight division. We've got Brad Riddell versus Alex De Silva. Alex De Silva began his career at an incredible pace, fighting and winning eight times in his debut year and fighting and winning seven times in his second. 15 of his first 16 victories came by first round stoppage. It took Brad Riddell, for contrast's sake, six years to notch his first eight fights. Um, and I'm going to chuck it over. I nearly went into my pick, Stoney, <laughs> so you nearly got a, got a freebie on me, but I'm going to chuck it over to you. So just to clarify, Statman, what you're saying is first with the news, first on the leaderboard, and now first with the prediction. Yeah, only because only 
No, no, no. I'm no actually nervous for you this week, Stoney. To be honest, like I'm not even throwing shade here. I'm, I'm genuinely nervous for you about what's going to come of this. So good luck, my friend. My <laughs> prediction is he makes no picks. He's like, I don't know. Who, who's Brad Riddell? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's a good gag. That's a good gag. Now, um, what I want to do is just give a quick shout out to uh, get many fans on social media, but DL, you'll uh, you recall Mr. Aaron Harrison oh, jumped he's on board. My, uh, yeah. yeah, jumped on board the picks, and Aaron, congratulations, mate, because you would have walked away with a bit of money on the weekend from following yours truly. He was happy. <laughs> just do it again. No, it's simple. <laughs> just just tune in. You don't even have to listen to the rest of the boys now. You can just just hear the first one and, and fast forward. <laughs> We're going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, Brad Riddell. All day, every day. Uh, contrary to the stat man, I actually know both of these individuals very well. And this is a really easy fight. I see a first round uh, finish for Brad Riddell. Are we picking finishes for this one? No, <laughs> no I just, just thought I it's would. It's confidence. It's gone in hard on the first one. I'm going, I'm going Brad Riddell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What's the finish? Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going uh, decision. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, Brad Riddell. If you knew, if you knew the fighters, you know that Brad Riddell has been has been the decision in both of his UFC fights. So, so what you're yeah. saying is you're going with the safety net. A bit hypocritical, isn't it, Stepman? Let's move this on um, <laughs> and move on to the next pick, deal. I'm also taking Brad Riddell. The old mate's been working overtime. He's doing corner for all the all the, the uh, city kickboxing guys. I think he's been to Fight Island like 500 times. He's been in Vegas. He keep. Keep, I think he was in Alex's corner as well, Dan's corner as well. Uh, maybe not Alex's. He's definitely there for Dan's because I remember him getting in trouble for not giving any water because he was too busy looking around. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a reason I think that uh, Brad's going to win this fight, but um, he'll get this over the 21-2 and two Brazilian. Uh, look, I'm with the boys. Go the Quake man, Brad Riddell for snags. I think he's on a five-fight five win streak, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I don't see this one going any other way um, and we'll get our – our first podcast favorite into the winners' books on the uh, weekend. And moving on to our women's bantamweight fight, Ketlin Vieira versus Sajara Eubanks. Sajara Eubank made her way through her three Ultimate Fighter 26 opponents en route to competing for the inaugural UFC women's flyweight title. Unfortunately, due to issues with the weight cut, Eubank had to withdraw from the title fight the day before the fight, making her the second Ultimate Fighter competitor to win a shot at the title, but flub it due to a weight cut mistake. The first one was Travis Luter, who failed to make weight for his Ultimate Fighter 4 title shot against Anderson Silva. Luter did show up, still compete, and get choked out in the second round by the Spider. Stoney. Statman, how convenient playing right into your hands. I actually don't know a lot about these two fighters. But what I will say is I know that Eubanks has been a lot more active. But from memory, and this is where I'll just say, correct me if I'm wrong, Vieira fought Kat Zingano. We're going back a while. Am I thinking the right fighter? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. On that basis, I do I do rate Ketlin Vieira. So when in doubt, disregard activity and go the better fighter. So Ketlin Vieira for Stoney. I will, I will, I will go... With Ketlin Vieira as well, Stoney. Um, the reason, my reason is slightly different. Um, the the Katzingano fight was a close fight. It was the end of Katzingano's competitive career. I know she's she's doing well in Bellator at the moment, but um, oh, actually, I believe she lost. I have a hard and fast rule: any person who loses to Betch Kohea, um, I do not pick. And unfortunately, Sajara Eubanks has a loss to Betch Kohea. 
I do not pick her. So I am going uh, Ketlin Vieira in this one as well. Yeah, Ketlin Vieira for me as well. I think she got knocked out pretty clean in 245. So and I think that was uh, Holly Holmes' opponent in the next fight as well. Kat Zangano, uh, Sarah McMahon. Like she's beaten some talent. There's no reason why she can't get this done. So Vieira for me, please. Uh, look, boys, we're all rolling in the same picks at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I'm going Vieira as well. I think the same Estonia. I look at the stats uh, sometime today. I know she's had a fair few cancelled bouts along her journey in 2020, but um, looking at the opponents that she's cleaned up in her last couple of fights, I think she'll get it done. Well, well, well. Look at the boys just fall into line. It turns out it doesn't matter if it's Stoney or the stat man. You know, we we're always leading the way, stat man. So I feel the pressure that you must have felt for many, many months. But, you know, it's just very, it's interesting watching these other boys sit and take pot shots from afar. Maybe. And then, yeah, maybe this is, maybe I've been directing my anger at oh, the Oh, I see person. what's happening here, Dio. Oh, Bert's making up after Stoney quickly slips another 50 in his bank account. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've wronged you, Stoney, and I've, I've <laughs> Take this you, love story to the charge of Southern Falls, boys. Let's gone. keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. This breaking news with Stoney better have something to do with corruption. <laughs> breaking news with Stoney. DL does not have anything to do with corruption, but it does centre around a man who causes a lot of controversy both inside and outside of the octagon. We're talking indeed about the biggest name in sports entertainment. Connor Notorious McGregor has been in the news uh, for a variety of reasons. We're going to focus on uh, something a little bit more MMA related tonight. Dana White over the weekend came out and made comments that we're actually working on some fun stuff for Connor at the beginning of next year. So clearly indicating that we're, we're not seeing Connor McGregor return in 2020, thus putting an end to his apparent season where he was going to fight three times for the calendar year. What I think is really interesting in this one, boys, uh, some fun stuff. So I don't think that sounds like he's going to, to fight for a title or, or fight a top contender. I'm thinking, reading between the lines, Fun stuff. It sounds like a Diaz boy to me. And with Nate taken up with Masvidal, and we've already had Nick Diaz's manager come out and say that he's looking to make a return in 2021 in the early part. What are we thinking? Could this just be aligning that a Conor McGregor-Nick Diaz uh, exhibition money fight could be on the cards for January or February 2021? Stoney, reading between the lines there as well, that tells me that Early next year, I would say that Dana White's hoping the UFC can get some crowds back into stadiums as well. Um, you don't bring Conor McGregor back and miss out on a seventeen or eighteen million dollar gate um, just from having butts in seats. So that excites me there as well. But do you know what excites me even more? Thinking about Conor McGregor fighting in January, it means it gives Hazmat Shemaev four fights time to get ready for Conor McGregor. Um, so my prediction is he'll take a fight uh, early October and then he'll beat Damien Meyer end of October. And then I think he takes Jorge Masvidal December and then maybe Nick and Nate Diaz back to back in January for a Conor McGregor fight maybe in February. <laughs> Speculative, but but yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, look, I just thought it was yeah. interesting because uh, w- think about it. I know we covered it last week, so we'll cover it really, really quickly. Nick Diaz, who does he fight? There's not anyone that jumps out if it's not uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Conor McGregor's wanting a, a, a big fight, but he's clearly not getting a title contender. 
it just makes a lot of sense and we don't normally speculate a lot on breaking news with Stoney. We're generally more factual so I do apologise for the people out there that this one is a little bit speculative but watch your space because no one, no one's called this like we have just now. So if this uh, does come to fruition, you heard it here first. As always, I'm breaking news with Stoney. Boys, we might jump into our next set of predictions. Travelling to the flyweight division here, Kayakara France versus Brandon Royville. At AFC 7 in Victoria, Australia, Cara France fell through the ropes to the outside of the ring, hitting his head and being declared unable to continue his fight. Frustrated with the continued ban on cages in Victoria at the time, AFC would host the rematch in New South Wales, promotions only Australian-held event by the promotion to take place outside of Victoria. Shortly after, citing concerns for fighter safety, Victoria would eventually lift the ban on cages for MMA, opening the door for the UFC to host events in the state. Brandon Raw Dog Royval. I like the Raw Dog. That uh, <laughs> gives me flashbacks, DL, to when we're sitting in the theatre and Kamara Usman's Twitter account was allegedly hacked. Um, <laughs> but Kai Kara France, speaking of nicknames, is a, ironically nicknamed Don't Blink, which is funny because seven of his last eight fights have ended in decision. But that being said, look, you know, we, we like the city kickboxing dudes on this podcast and I think uh, I think Kai's got enough tools to get this one done. So, but yeah, I, I don't mind the Raw Dogs. I'm a little bit torn, but yeah, going with Kai on this one, boys. I, I'm going to step aside, step away from Stoney on this one. I'm going to take Brennan Royville. Um, strength of competition is the big one for me. So Kai Kara France has a, uh, has a very good streak happening he's oh he's he's got a good record in the ufc um and leading up into the ufc i think he's on a two four six eight nine and one run in mma at the moment whereas brendan royville he's only one and oh in ufc but that one does come over tim elliott who is one of five fighters to win an ultimate fighter uh and get a title shot off the back of it um and he put up a good fight against mighty mouse johnson at the time as well so i'm ranking Royville's victory over Tim Elliott and I think that he probably has enough to get it done in this fight. I think the City Kickboxing boys really perform well when they're on the same card and Shane Young's on this card as well in the early prelims. Early prelims or just the very, very early on in the normal prelims. So that'll be if Kai gets up as well, it's three out of four and then we only need Izzy to get up after that. So I think the boys all together, they did camps together, uh, they quarantined together. Um, it's a tight bond there, so I think they'll get them all across the line. So Kai, Kara, France for me as well. Uh, look, I'm going to back Kai as well for several reasons, boys. One of the big ones is uh, he's the only fighter in this fight out of the two boys that has beat two people with the last name of Wu. Um, and if you look at that, they both got W's in it, and I think that's what Kai's going to get, the W, my friend. So uh, I'm backing him in, and I'm looking forward to a, a knockout from our boy as well. That's some stats for you, isn't it? Did you know that, that stat, was, man? That was... Snag stats, I love it. Uh, I think I think that um, provided a level of detail to the match that will never happen. Tell you again. what I was thinking about. <laughs> if he had three woos, I was thinking about Kenny Woo from uh, Mighty Ducks. Woo woo woo, Kenny Woo. Does anyone ever watch that? I think that's the second time I brought Mighty Ducks on this podcast. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> well, moving on to our co-made event, the light heavyweight title fight: Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blackwick. Divisional great John Jones has outlanded 
every single one of his 21 UFC opponents en route to a striking differential of 1,359 to 639, more than 2 to 1. That was until he met Dominic Reyes, the first fighter to ever outstrike him, outstriking him 116 to 104. Fact, Reyes outstruck him three straight rounds, 82 to 58 across rounds 1, 2, and 3. And in those three rounds, defended all four takedowns, applied constant pressure, and beat the brakes off John Jones. However, the judges on the night did disagree with over 65% of the media who scored it for Dominic Reyes, and John Jones got the victory that night. And and we all moved on with our life yes, after I'm that sure happened. We put on our John Jones T-shirt and went straight to bed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and another curious fact about this one as well is that this will be the um the first fight for the light heavyweight title that does not include John Jones or Daniel Cormier since 2011, uh, actually 2010. So going back a, a fair ways there. Uh, and I'll chuck it over to Stone. Yeah, look, boys, interesting to see how Dominic Reyes bounces back off such a savage beatdown at the hands of Johnny Bones Jones. But uh, Jan, <laughs> he, he won me some easy money against Luke Rockhold. I remember that one very well. That was just written in the stars that Luke was going to sleep and seeing stars, and that's exactly how it unfolded. Um, also some good wins over Jack Array and Corey Anderson with a knockout. But this one, Dominic Reyes, I didn't really rate or respect him coming into the John Jones fight. Yeah, that certainly changed. I, I'm with the stat man. He was very impressive in that one. I always question when the the, the fight to get into a title fight is beating Chris Weidman. Um, you know, I'm always a little bit iffy in that, but Dominic Reyes answered a lot of questions for me. I think Jan uh, or Jan is a heavy hitter. He could catch, but I think Dom's just going to have a little bit too much polish and a little bit too much class. I think he's taking this one to a decision, but I think he's getting it done. I will I pop a pick in for this fight, and it's Jan Blachowicz. So you boys uh, have been lulled in by my Dominic <laughs> Reyes love, but I, I firmly believe that Jan has the power to sleep him. Uh, and I genuinely think that uh, Dominic Reyes is a fantastic fighter, should be the champion as we speak. Um, but even if he had the belt wrapped around his waist and, and got the championship money to, to get all the best trainers in, I do think that Jan hits harder than anyone that Dominic Reyes has fought. Um, and I see Jan uh, connecting with a powerful blow in the second round for a second round KO. I'm still freaked out about uh, Jan's pre-fight ritual with touching a hanging noose that he found in a forest. But I love, the, creepy. I love the quote that he has with it. It says, I win 90% of the time since I've started doing it. So... <laughs> It's not even 100%. No, he said 90. He said, I win 90% of the time since I started doing it, so I'm going to take Reyes. Works 90% of the time, every time. (laughs) That was was not even a Polish accent, by the way. Uh, It's on to me, isn't it? No, I'm going to take Reyes as well because 90% ain't good enough snags. I want 100%, baby. (laughs) And even though uh, it looks like Reyes has got a 90% win record because he's only got one loss so far, uh, I think he's going to get the job done and I'm going to say it's going to be – a doozy of a night for Mr. The Devastator, I think we call him. Uh, round one knockout. Shush. It's time! We have the middleweight championship match, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Great stuff. Great stuff. 
in the two hours, 43 minutes and 25 seconds that Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa have spent fighting in the octagon, neither have attempted a single takedown. Uh, and oh, I nearly went into my pick there, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna give Stony any advantage on this one. And nor would I want the advantage of someone who is clearly a decisive three picks behind where I'm at. That would be just career suicide for me to listen to anything that that man has to say. Boys, without any doubt, Izzy Adesanya is, I'd have to say, one of the most sophisticated strikers we've ever seen um, in the UFC. Five of his last seven decisions and... Make no mistake, I don't think this one's going to a decision, boys, regardless of what way it goes. I don't see it being a decision. Um, you know, Alden, he, he raised a good point. Paulo Costa's got to present something that Izzy has never seen before because Izzy uses his footwork, his length. He avoids, uh, he avoids people trying to close the distance. And on paper, this is a recipe for the ultimate success for Adesanya. But to put this in perspective, so he's coming in with an eight-inch reach advantage. Got tagged a lot by Calvin Gastelum, who has a, a nine-inch reach disadvantage. So I'm drawing back onto that fight to try and take a little bit what I can. Gastelum landed 68 significant strikes to Izzy's head and 91 significant strikes overall. And I guarantee if this one turns into a back-and-forth war, anything like the Gastelum and Adesanya fight did, Paulo will not need 68 significant strikes to the head to put Izzy down. So I think we're going to get the type of fight, boys, that we thought we were getting with Yoel Romero and Izzy when that one got announced. Clearly, that was a very lackluster affair. But unlike Yoel, I just cannot for the life of me see uh, Costa letting this one get drawn out. He's not going to stand in the center of the ring and imitate being a statue. He is going to knock out or he is going to get knocked out. And I think he brings the volume early. My prediction is that they might spend the first minute or so just feeling each other out. But once they touch, there will be fireworks. I think Costa attacks the midsection uh, to begin with. And then I think he goes up top for a late round one KO. I am sorry, DL. Um, Stody, you raised a few good points there. Uh, the Gastelum fight, I think Izzy got knocked down a couple of times in that fight. Wobbled for sure. Paulo Costa uh, is the UFC leader for significant strikes per minute. Significant strikes landed per minute. Is he as undefeated as he is in MMA? He's not undefeated in kickboxing, and he has been knocked out in kickboxing before by some heavy-handed motherfuckers, but still being knocked out. Paulo Costa terrifies me, and if this fight was in a smaller cage, uh, if it was in Vegas, I would I would a hundred percent give uh, Paulo Costa the the pick in this one. I am hoping that this fight is a Chris Lieben Anderson Silva. Redux. I I am hoping that Paulo charges forward recklessly and Izzy snipes him from uh, from a distance. Um, but he has been hit too many times that, especially in that Kelvin Gastelum fight, hit way too many times by a underrated but not not exceptional boxer in Kelvin Gastelum. I am taking a second round KO from Izzy, and I am as unconfident in a pick for a main card fight as I think I have ever been. This might be one where I, I even hedge hedge a bet on Paulo Costa uh, to offset myself, but I'm, I'm taking Izzy in this one by second round KO. I think his striking's too good, but Costa is the scariest person in the UFC at the moment. Boys, it's an easy one for me and a predictable one. Uh, ever since that faithful night in Perth, I've been on my boy Izzy and he hasn't let me down since. So for me... This is an easy one. 
going third round TKO for my boy, Israel Adesanya. A big call from the man with the buttons. And I'm going to talk about Ricky Martin, boys, because he never wears a shirt. So uh, I'm going to roll into my tip on the back of that one. I'm going to go our boy Izzy as well. Uh, Paulo Costa, I'm a bit nervous about this one, to be honest, but uh, it should be an absolute bang fest of a fight. Paulo Costa is a deliciously good-looking man, by the way. FYI to the lads on the potty and the listeners out there. Holy dooly. Ricky Martin, eat your heart out. Uh, I'm going to go for Izzy, though, and I'm going to look Going to go hard. Going to go round one TKO. That's it. That's it from Snags, baby. Nice, boys. That wraps out our predictions. Sony, you probably thought I was going to stitch you up with the uh, the secret audio once again. <laughs> I, sen- I sensed it was coming. <laughs> That's a way back episode, that one. So anyway, boys, let's jump into our final segment of this evening, uh, the Runner Back Punters Club. So, boys, last week on the Punters Club, unfortunately, the bank is still empty, but I'm determined for us to turn that around. So, our episode 32 multi ended with two wins, two losses. So, we leg one, we had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs who got up. We had Phil Davis as well, the Bellator main event, got up. Uh, Stoney was was edging his bets a little bit. We got the plus six on the Dolphins. Uh, it was a good bet. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, the Dolphins got done. In first week of the NFL, and the Bengals got done with their uh, rookie QB, Joe Burrows. So yeah, a good game, though. It was a good game. There was nothing wrong with it. So, unfortunately, the bank is still empty. Uh, boys are still trudging along in the small bat, though. We're uh, doing some good things there, too. So, a few of the boys are getting on board. Had a few little slide-ins to our DMs asking us what the secret recipe is to the uh, small bat. Oh, get on board with the small bat, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's the ride of your life, honestly. Great. Reach out, boys. Reach out. So this week's episode 33, Multi. Um, I might kick this one off, boys. Our investor this week, our $10 investor is the Statman. Statman, you can use Bet365 or Sportsbet. What are we using? We can use whichever one you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go Sportsbet. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to take leg one. I'm going to go back to the world of NBA again. I'm going to take Miami for the series win. And that's at $1.73 on Sportsbet. So very exciting. Stoney. The Dolphins let us down, didn't they, boys? And there's did. an old saying, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again, my friends. <laughs> don't do it. And last year it took us eight tries before we finally succeeded. So let's hope this year goes a little <laughs> bit better. But in all seriousness, we're, we're not being super, super speculative here. This is Miami Dolphins and Jacksonville. This is a very, very even matchup in my opinion. The odds are favor, favoring Jacksonville. I'm looking at Miami at $2.22 on the nose just to play it safe, just because I feel like I owe the boys one. I'm going to go at the handicap, so plus 2.5, Miami, $1.97. Oh, Smart betting. That's right. I'm bringing, I'm bringing mine over to Australian footy, the NRL, um, and I'm taking my, uh, my childhood team, the Newcastle Knights, over the Gold Coast Titans at $1.54. Our three-leg multi so far is looking Pretty decent at five dollars twenty-four. Sensible so, multi boys. Uh, I like this. Uh, that is, it feels like a normal multi. It feels like a you know, like a winnable yeah. multi. Let's see what <laughs> Sugar Snags <laughs> has for us. And so this week, green or yellow, boys? Where are we going? Green. Well, green it is. Two v two. So I'm going green as well. Lucky for you, boys. Green <laughs> is uh, the world of NFL soon. So. I was going to go yellow with our boy Peter Wright getting oh, paid dollar fifty-seven on the darts on Friday night. <laughs> So oh, unless you boys are feeling lucky, we could put them both in. Jeez. 
$1.57. Oh, mate. What's Peter Wright paying? Oh, I'm glad you Who's asked. He? What's his opponent? Peter Wright playing Nathan Aspinall. Premier darts uh, on Friday at 6.15 in the morning, boys. Okay, well, Snags is going to go <laughs> to the world of NFL again. Um, look, I'm absolutely wrapped into the start of this season for uh, our team, DL, the Cards. Uh, we've had two from two so far, some dominant wins. And uh, next week we're up against the dismal Detroit Lions, as I like to call them. We got absolutely walloped this week. Uh, so I'm going to back the Cardinals at uh, on the line for minus 6.5 uh, start to the Lions, uh, which is paying $1.95. Nice, boys. Beautiful. Uh, and that gives our four-leg multi a value of $10.23. 10 bucks on there. Um, We've gone safe. Uh, Chuck Peter right in there. That's good. We need to go safe. Let's get a balance. Let's get a balance. That's what we need. That's a wrap on episode 33. If you like what we're doing, please hit us up on all our socials. Please like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast. If you like what we're doing, we'd love you to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Give us that five-star review. That's us for episode 33. My name is DL. My name is Saucy Hot Dog Sugar Snag, baby. My name is The Stat Man. (laughs) My name is Stoney. And we'll run it back with you all next week on the Run It Back podcast. Next fortnight. I always do. Week, we always say next week. We always say next week. I think it's just pre-empty and needs to be weekly. That's all I'm saying. No, it doesn't. Every time I'm trying to get the weekly pot up, boys got to get around it. <laughs> the sun and files might be a weekly. <laughs> oh, I'm so keen for the sun and files. Can't wait. Check out the sun and files. Mm-hmm. Coming to a theater near you. Can you have the X Files music on top of it? Oh, we should.